0: Welcome to the service. Good morning from Cindy and I as well. Um, I'm just here to very briefly introduce the sermon today. Just to remind you that we started last week, we started with a new series called Heroes of the Faith. The whole intention of this series is to explore and to learn about ordinary people that connected with God in such a way that they became extraordinary in their walk with God. So just ordinary people connecting with God in such a way that they became extraordinary in their walk with God. And we're taking a bit of time just to connect, to to understand and look into the lives of those people. And today, we have the real privilege of um, having what I think is the most beautiful preacher in the world today. Today. Uh, My wife, Cindy, she'll be leading us into it. And the reason I've asked to introduce this sermon is because of what I see at home in terms of Cindy and how she conducts herself with the Lord. Um, All of you know that if you've connected with Cindy Cindy at any point of time in in your life, you know that you're going to bump into God very soon after your introduction to Cindy. That's who Cindy is. She has God richly in her life, in her words, in her actions, in her motivations, everywhere. That's the wife that I know. And she's going to be speaking today about what she calls holy habits. And I think that is absolutely critical in terms of who Cindy has become. I have seen her early morning, every morning, connecting with the Lord. It's become a holy habit of hers. First thing she does, I've seen her at 2 a.m. in the morning when she can't sleep, connecting with the Lord. It is, for me, an absolute privilege to witness. And I wouldn't have, I would rather listen to Cindy than anybody else on this topic of holy habits, because that is who she is. I've seen it in her life. I've seen the benefit of her and so it's an absolute privilege for me to let Cindy preach now, and I'm going to ask you, preach it, sister.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. It's very humbling to see yourself through someone, someone else's eyes. Um, and I disagree with him. He is the best-looking preacher in all the world. Um, <laughs> so I don't consider myself a hero at all. Um, when it comes to big moments in life, um, I actually would rather curl into a ball and hide away. Uh, the unrest taught me that about myself, but I've known it for a while. I'm rather timid and afraid when it comes to big moments. But a month ago, Richard and I were in the dark, walking uh, on the beachfront. It was it was near the unrest time, so I was a little bit nervous. And I said to Rich, "Are you sure we're safe?" Um, And then we saw a couple kind of walk past us, and things looked a little bit off. And so I was following them with my eyes, hoping they were just fooling around. And then the gentleman took her around the throat like this, threw her onto the ground, and then started kicking her with all of his might. And before I knew what I was doing, let me remind you, I was terrified inside. I'd already been nervous. This just kicked the terror up. Uh, before I knew what I was doing, I ran towards this man and I said, "Stop it! You can't do this." What felt like ten minutes, but it was actually only a millisecond. Richard came, ran past me, and jumped in between this man and this woman. And I was like, "You're going to get like hammered by this guy, Richard? Are you mad?" Um, and he afterwards said he wouldn't have. I'm so tough. Um, but but we managed to. Kind of separate this couple uh, she phoned the police and and we once we knew she was safe and we started walking away uh, I said to Richard imagine we hadn't been where we were right now at this time as awful as this is how it's ruined our evening a little bit our date night I believe God put us here right now for such a time as this If she was at home alone or alone now with this guy what would have happened You know, you and I are not by accident living and sustained by God, carried by God, allowed to still be alive at this period in history by accident. We live in a world that is struggling with global warming, with gross pollution, with human trafficking, joblessness, homelessness, poverty, wars, refugees, and on top of it all, a worldwide pandemic. The world desperately needs heroes who will step in between horrific situations like Richard and I on the beach and people who are hopeless and helpless and be agents for God at this time. But just like I was on the beach battling with fear and internal issues, we are all struggling with internal stuff, with our own struggles, with high levels of stress, with anxieties, relational worries, health concerns, financial troubles. So more than ever before in history, I think, in my history, we need to be getting strength and wisdom and help In the presence of God. It's not by might nor by power but God's Spirit that we can do things. I had the privilege of growing up and reading and learning about heroes of the faith. Um, People who were admired for their courage, their outstanding achievements and their noble qualities. People like brother um, Andrew who smuggled Bibles where they were forbidden. Uh, Corrie ten Broom who hid Jews in the World War or Nate Saint who died was murdered for sharing the gospel these and other ordinary people from ordinary families did extraordinary things for God they stepped between horrific situations and people for for the purpose of God not only that their faith endured when they themselves faced huge adversity And as I've researched heroes of the faith for the sermon series and looked at heroes all the way from the Desert Fathers until modern-day heroes like Mother Teresa, all of them have something in common, and that is their holy habits. Their outstanding things that they did for God, their, their godly character and qualities were rooted in what happened in private between them and God. A great example is Susanna Wesley. She lived in Epworth, England in the 1700s. Now, for me, she was a great, great um, heroine, courageous, because, simply because of the fact she had 19 children. I want to say that again, one, nine children. I had two, and I thought I was a hero. But she had 19, nine, nine of them she homeschooled, without murdering any of them, which I think is miraculous. And her legacy is that John and Charles Wesley were the founders of the Global Methodist Church, which exists today. One of them wrote millions, not millions, but a lot of hymns as well. And on top of being a pastor's wife and having a really busy household with very little financial or other resources, let me remind you that she lived in an era without a dishwasher, disposable nappies or washing machine with 19 children on top of that she knew the Bible so well and was such a gifted teacher that she ran a weekly family Bible study for over 200 people how does an ordinary woman like that have such an impact in her day and a lasting legacy through her sons well earlier in her life she committed never to spend more time in leisure entertainment than she did in prayer and Bible study. Wow, I find that a challenge today. There are so many enticing entertainment and leisure opportunities in the 21st century. But she chose to put God first. And even in the chaotic years of raising her children in a noisy and busy household, she carved out two hours a day to spend with God, reading her Bible and praying. How do you do that in a house where there wouldn't have been space or quiet? Well, what she did was she would take her kitchen apron, put it over her head, create her very own little God space, and spend time with God. And her children knew and were trained that they couldn't interrupt her except in, in times of emergency. What a great example she must have been to her family. And this habit, of time with God spilled over into her life, making her strong and courageous in the face of great adversity. She, as a pastor's wife, knew poverty and hunger. 10 of her children died in infancy, 10 of her children. Twice, her house was burned down by her own congregation. Imagine the betrayal. Her husband was away a lot, And he also was terrible with money and so spent time in a debtor's prison. I'm sure if I said to you today, put up your hand if you faced some of these similar adversities, many can put up their hands to having lost people they loved during COVID or before. Many can put up their hand to say my possessions or income were destroyed in the recent fires. Many can say, we're struggling financially, don't know where we're going to find more money. Many can say, I'm disappointed in my spouse. Susanna was ordinary, like you and I, facing similar kinds of adversities, and yet she faithfully served God, was able to have an impact for God, and left a lasting legacy. And so her life and legacy can inspire you and I to also practice holy habits what do what I mean by a holy habit well this is creating space to encounter God in our daily rhythms and routines and it's so vital for us because what happens in our daily rhythms and routines it works its way out in the rest of our lives just a small example of that over the last 18 months, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, "I have made it part of my daily practice, regularly to check in on the news." And the way it's worked out is that I'm far more anxious and concerned than I used to be, and so I've had to stop that practice. Spiritual habits like, Bible, like daily Bible reading and prayer—they're at work to subtly reform our identity as they regularly plunge us into the grand story of God and remind us of our place in it. You know, not like never before, you and I need daily reminders of God's grand story, of who he is, of what he's doing, of who we are to him, of how God wants us to fit into this grand story of his We need equipping, like never before, power from the Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do, to be the people he's calling us to be with godly characteristics. We can't do it on our own. And this holy habit doesn't just um, come from our kind of heroes of the faith, our modern day heroes. It goes way back into ancient times, into the Old Testament. We see in the Psalms that the the people used to pray before dawn, in the morning, in the evening, day and night, seven times a day. And then Daniel speaks about praying three times a day. In the Gospels and Acts, we see how Jesus and his disciples, they prayed alone, they went to the synagogue, they prayed in the temple. In Acts, we see Christian heroes I'm daily meeting for scripture reading and prayer biblical heroes daily met with God multiple times a day so let's look at Daniel he's one of my favorite biblical heroes incredible man of God planted by God in the sixth century BC at a time when God's people really needed a hero Daniel's holy habits of praying three times a day spilled over into his life. We see that he had incredible character, that it helped him remain strong, and it pointed others to God, this holy habit of his. So Daniel is taken with God's people from Israel, Jerusalem. They're taken into captivity. Many people in our world can relate to that today either being refugees or being taken away from their homeland. Placed in a foreign land, Daniel is forced or pressured to forsake his faith for the customs of that land. But Daniel remains faithful. It says that God blessed him. He excelled in knowledge and understanding and political advancement. So much so that other political, I mean, uh, that King Darius wanted to place him as ruler over the empire above any of the other government officials. And so these government officials were threatened by that. Uh, So they decided, let us see if we can find something incriminating in Daniel to get him removed from his position. Actually, let's get him killed. So they um, looked at his life, and the only thing that they could find that was... Slightly incriminating was with regards to his relationship with God. We see they then get into plotting against him. They decide they um, go to the king and say, King, you're so great. People must only pray to you. No other God set in place a decree that if anyone prays to anybody else, they get thrown into the lion's den and so the king puts that decree in place and they watch daniel to see what he would do now i don't know about you if my life was threatened by my faith i might be tempted to go quiet on my faith and you know the bible says pray in your closet i would pray quietly in my closet but i want to be like daniel to have such a strong faith daniel does what he'd always done it says there that he Three times a day got onto his knees faced jerusalem and spoke to god like he had always done his whole life daniel had trained himself before in israel he trained himself to pray in babylon he kept praying now when the circumstances had become hard and difficult he kept on praying and when you and i do something habitually deciding to do it no longer takes up our cognitive or emotional energy we just do it automatically Uh, For example, we train up our children to say please, say thank you, brush your teeth, put on your safety belt. You know, I've got young adult girls. I don't have to train them in that anymore because it's become a habit. They do it themselves automatically. It had become such a habit for Daniel doing this that when the circumstances changed and got difficult, it was automatic for Daniel to do what was right. Right and to keep talking to God. As a result of his behavior, these guys go to the run to the king and tell on him and say, Daniel's praying three times a day, and the king has to keep his own decree, and so Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. To ensure that it works, they close off the lion's den so he can't escape. The king spends a sleepless night worried about Daniel, but then goes to the lion's den, hoping against hope that he's okay. And Daniel answers and says my God sent an angel down shut the mouths of the lions and I'm fine comes out of the lion's den without even a scratch on him God works miracles and I love the fact that Daniel's trust in God Daniel's relationship with God resulted in such an incredible thing Daniel's firm belief meant that his enemies were defeated. They were thrown into the lion's den. Those lions were so ferocious that before they even hit the ground, they were taken. But God protected Daniel from those lions. We see that as a result of what God did in Daniel's life, the king then makes a decree and says everybody must fear and reverence Daniel's God. And i I love the fact he breaks out with two full verses of praise of the living god daniel's god because of daniel's behavior and god's work in his life my one regret about the beachfront was that rich and i didn't point people to god in prayer or encouragement because we were just so blown by the moment but daniel in the lion's den coming out His whole behavior pointed the king and the whole of that empire to have reverence for God. Daniel's rhythm of creating space for God, those small daily habits brought about big results in his life and in the life of others. To illustrate this, I want to just show a clip that's an introduction to another sermon in a different church, just so that you can see the impact of our small daily habits. Small daily habit followed day after day after day after day ultimately results in a big impact in our lives and in the lives of other people. If you think I'm not having good results in my life at the moment, I encourage you to check your daily habits. If you're struggling with temptation, giving in to sin and compromise, if you're not being a better wife or husband, If you're not being like Jesus would like you to do, if you're struggling constantly with anxiety and overwhelming stress, check your habits because they do have a knock-on effect into our lives. Daniel's small discipline had great results in godly character. Verse 3 says Daniel had exceptional qualities. There wasn't any corruption in him. He was trustworthy. There was no negligence in him. He was strong, strong enough to withstand cultural pressure as well as political pressure to give up his faith, even to the point of death in the lion's den. And he also pointed people to God as God worked in his life. What an incredible hero. But his heroism was rooted in his holy habit of spending time with God. Over the past two years, I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't for my own personal holy habits. And I want to tell a little bit of my own journey in this. Not, not to say that I'm, get, I'm there already, I'm on a journey. But the reason I want to share my own sto- story is to tell you that an ordinary person who just loves spending time with Jesus... And I so long for more people to just love spending time with Jesus because of the incredible benefits in my own life and how life-giving it has been to me. So in mid-February last year, many of you will know that our family had come through probably nine years of terrible financial pressure, something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Uh, We'd been worn out by constant care and concern for my mum, who'd been sick for many years. And we'd just begun the grieving process because she died in early February. And so before I even had time to recover emotionally or or spiritually from these high levels of stress and grief, COVID hit in March last year. And then there were more challenges, COVID anxieties, um, constant ministry adaptions and stretching and growing and learning stupid things like Zoom, sleeplessness, terrible tummy ache, um, and, you know, it just kept coming and coming and coming. And then a month ago, we had the political unrest, and uh, I've been saying to God, like so many of you, you know, God, I'm up to my eyeballs in stress and anxiety, I can't anymore I don't want to be resilient I don't want to pivot I don't want to you know be agile God I've had enough can I have a break from bad news from stretching Um, I'm overwhelmed I don't want to be resilient anymore but I thank God for my time with him because as I regularly spend time with him he gives me his perspective he reminds me that he has a grand story he is writing He reminds me that I need to be strong in Him and not in my own strength. I don't need to be overwhelmed. I can thrive in this time. And I too, like Daniel, have needed to practice the habit of more times of connection with God throughout the day. Because as I spend time with Him, I'm transformed. And like never before, I've realized I need transformation. I need to be stronger I need to be less anxious my whole life I have practiced anxiety I want a different habit Ruth Barton says I can't transform myself or anyone else for that matter what I can do is create the conditions in which spiritual transformation can take place by developing and maintaining a rhythm of spiritual practices that keep me open and available to God I'm so thankful to my mother who trained me in the daily discipline of a quiet time with God in the morning before I start my day, because it's those times that have sustained me over the last five years. But early last year, I listened to a podcast by Pete Scazzera titled, Why You Need More Than a Quiet Time. And I realized that if I'm gonna thrive and not just survive in this period of time, that I need to extend beyond just that once a day, traditional time of connection with God. by traditional quiet time, for me, it was studying and reading scripture and praying and having a list of requests that I'd put before God. Now I needed to create space throughout the day, like Daniel, to connect with God. And that would be more transformative and life-giving to me. As I said, I'm on a journey. I'm definitely not there yet. And because of how life-giving it's been, I want to invite you, Home Ground Church, to develop a holy habit of the daily office. To help us to be with God. So that we can be equipped to do for God whatever he requires of us in this season. And for each of us, it's different. Some of us, it's doctoring and teaching and parenting, pastoring, life group leadering, whatever it is. We need to be with God to get the strength to do for God whatever it is He's asking of us. And I know that this request is going to be so countercultural because we live in a time where pausing and resting and being silent and in solitude, waiting on God. They're not common practices, they're not popular practices. Our world is very noisy, very busy, kind of uh, focused on achieving and striving. But these practices will bring us to a place where God can restore our souls and transform us. So what is the daily office? The daily office is an ancient Christian practice where you connect with God through set times of the day and set prayers and Bible readings daniel did it the early church fathers did it and the church worldwide still practices the daily offices today so i want to invite you if you don't have a set time to connect with god choose one time in the day where you set aside time carve out time like susanna wesley did apron time to connect with god once a day if you already are already on connecting with god once a day in the daily quiet time find another time to carve out in the day to connect with God. If you do twice already, find a third time. I'm asking us to stretch ourselves. The reason why, more is required of us in the season. And so we need to connect with God and be energized by God more than ever before. You can do it around prescribed readings and we'll provide those on our website. But the key focus in this time is more contemplative it's not um, a doing time I'm very great at studying scripture and interceding I love those practices but this is more about being with God through silence meditating on scripture slowly responding in prayer and further silence the daily office the greatest work of the daily office is to be with God now I can imagine uh, I can read some of your minds you thinking Cindy I struggled to connect with God just once a day. Now you're asking me to do two or three times a day. I'm asking you just to stretch beyond where you're at. It's not meant to be a pressure, but I am challenging us to something that is greater. If you look at Susanna Wesley, she was a busy mom, very busy, and she carved out time intentionally to be with God. If you look at Daniel, He was a busy man, a politician, running a country, busy man, and yet he made time to connect with God three times a day. I can also hear you thinking, oh, Cindy, but I'm not a structured person. Set time is difficult to me. My friend said to me, Cindy, you're so structured. I'm not structured. And the awesome thing is that God has made all of us uniquely. He wants us to connect with him in our uniqueness. And so find a God space that is uniquely fitted to who you are. But I want to say that we all have a couple of things in common here. More is required of us in this season. So we need more time with God. All of us love God and want to know him more. So we need more time with God. And all of us are affected by the habits that are included in our daily rhythms and routines. And even if right now you don't have holy habits, you do have daily rhythms and routines that you could perhaps link a holy habit to. So for example, you have breakfast every day. Perhaps you wanna take your Bible and your journal, go to a beautiful place overlooking your garden. Spend time being with God. If you already do something in terms of connecting with God in the morning, perhaps you want to include something in your nighttime bedtime routine. Richard and I love reading, or not reading, listening to the Lectio 365 evening prayers and Bible readings. It's such a beautiful, calming way to end the day. Um, So much so that on a number of occasions Richard's snoring before the end of the readings. Um, and I myself have fallen asleep once or twice, but it's a great way to fall asleep in God's presence. Perhaps you connect with God twice a day already. Maybe you want to find a midday time, around lunchtime, where you pause in God's presence. In the hustle and bustle of the day, focus again on Him. I find that the Pause app has been so helpful in reconnecting me with God. When I'm anxious and stressed in the middle of the day, um, I can play up to a minute or up to 10 minutes on the pause apps just to refocus on God, to take captive my thoughts in God's presence. Whatever you do, be intentional about weaving God's spaces into your day, your rhythms and your routines, be it around the three meals you have every day. Be around that daily run or that waiting in the car to lift kids or that long journey you take to work every day. Build God's spaces in. Be very intentional. Make a decision to do it like Susanna did. Create your own apron time. My desire today is not to place a heavy burden on anybody. Uh, I escaped from the you should and you shouldn't in terms of my time with God. And I don't want to put anybody under that burden. It's not about guilt. God doesn't want to guilt anyone into spending time with him, it's about relationship. Richard and I love each other, we love spending time together. But there are times in our marriage where things are so busy. Um, where we haven't had time for each other and we've grown a bit distanced, that we set aside time so that we can be together and we can connect. And it's the same with us and God. We're in a relationship. We sang about our good, good Father. He longs to spend time with us. And so we need to be intentional about setting time aside to connect with God. I love the daily office because what it's done for me is in these set times, it's taken me away from, say, just a a once-a-week Sunday commitment connection with God or a a once-a-day connection in my quiet time to being with God and connecting with God throughout the day. Those set times allow me to see Him, to recognize Him in everything throughout the day. Um, a trappist monk who had practiced the daily office for 50 years when he was asked so are you still doing it he said at this point there's no pause of being with Jesus my whole life is one of prayer every waking hour as I'm active and doing stuff it is as though I am deep prayer or in silence alone imagine if all of Homeground church was in deep prayer being with jesus all throughout the day imagine the transformed lives from that time with jesus imagine the knock-on effect of our transformation the power that we'd be receiving from jesus into our families into us as individuals, into our workplaces, our communities, the world, our church. But to get to that deep place of prayer, it starts with that first domino, the choosing to begin to make holy habits, and then the knock-on effect, and the benefits into our lives and the lives of other people. One of the beautiful benefits of the daily office is that the more time we spend with Jesus, The more time we want to spend with Jesus why do you think Daniel and Susanna did it so regularly because they loved being with Jesus it wasn't a chore and I've loved being with Jesus and the more I do it the more I long for it and when I stop I miss it we benefit by spending time with Jesus because it produces peace in us when we lack wisdom for complex problems, we find it in Jesus. We gain strength and resilience for the, for the challenges. We're made aware of idols and compromises that we need to remove. We gain love and acceptance, so we don't need to strive and perform to earn God's approval or other people's approval. We hear God's voice louder than any other. And we're invited to take part in God's grand story, to bring hope and hope and healing and love in a world that really needs it. I want to remind you today, just like Richard and I at the beachfront with the right time, the right place for that woman, God has put you and I at this point in history for a purpose. His purpose, like Daniel, to point people to the living God, the God who reigns and rules, the God who is powerful enough to shut the lion's mouth, the God who rescues and saves, the God who loves people. But we cannot do it in our own strength. We are going to become tired and weary, but when we wait on him, when we spend time in his presence, we will have the energy and the strength to do what he requires of us. But it starts with that first domino. And so I encourage you today, what is the first domino that you need to pick in terms of a holy habit? To put it in place so that you can create space intentionally, some apron time with you and God. Is it joining a bus? And for the deaf community, we're hoping to establish a bus for you. Uh, We also will add a worship bus, which wasn't on the list. Is it choosing a bus that's a God space where you can grow in connecting with God? Perhaps it's committing to the daily office once or twice or three times a day. That will be available on the website. But choose today, because it's not gonna happen by accident. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, thank you that you love spending time with us because you love us. Won't you stir our hearts, Lord, today and every day to long to be alone with you? Lord, help us not to run and avoid time with you at all costs. Thank you that you invite us to stop, to listen and to talk to you. Thank you that you constantly reach out to connect with us, especially when we're too busy or distracted or anxious or distant. And I thank you so much, Lord, that when we do hear from you, your word is like rain that soaks into our dry souls, refreshes us, starts germinating seeds in us of hope, strength, health. And so please, Lord, give us hearts like Daniel and Susanna Wesley that genuinely long to be with you above all else and help us to weave time to be with you throughout the day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is the Sabbath day, a day created so that we can spend time with God, rest, slow down, I encourage you today, rest and wait on God throughout the day and see that God, when we taste of him, he is good. God bless you.